Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. It's no secret how much we love our state. One of our most favorite pastimes is pointing to a place on the map and driving there to explore local shops, restaurants, and anything else we can find. The keys to a good road trip are snacks, a good playlist, and a clean car. Get your car ready for a Michigan road trip by calling Ride and Shine Mobile Car Detailing in Dearborn, Michigan. We know the owner personally, and there's not a harder worker than Darnell. He will come to your home or place of business for interior and exterior detailing, wax and polish, paint correction, ceramic coating, and window tinting, right in your driveway or parking lot while you work. You can find Ride and Shine Mobile Car Detailing on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, or you can call or text Darnell at 313-804-6441 to get your ride shining for spring. Yo. Hey. How's it going? What's going on? All right. How you doing? Good, good, good. Getting it in and under the wire, just under the wire. This is the new normal. This, this is the just new normal. Like this. If your first time, if you're listening to Great Lakes Confidential for the first time, uh, welcome. We used to be real organized um, before the world started opening back up again and uh, responsibilities took over. And uh, now it's kind of like, oh, uh, we're supposed to put out an episode tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, scramble to write something, which I really hope that everything that I, uh, all my research I collected makes sense and flows well. I'm sure it's fantastic. Let's get to it. Somebody must be hungry for dinner. All righty. So... If you are listening for the first time, this is Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. Hello. (laughs) So as per usual, we're going to start with County Roots. We're finishing up the letter H today. H. H. Hillsdale County. There's nothing complicated or mysterious about Hillsdale County's name. It was so named for its rolling terrain full of... Hills and Dales. A Dale of Hills. So that's it. Do you think Dale is like na- like Dale, like the name of people? Like there's just a whole bunch of Dales hills to, and Dales yeah. living there. Bunch of dudes named Dale <laughs> just living like, in the hills. <laughs> yeah. That's Dales Hill. How do we just call it Hillsdale? Sounds better. <laughs> what exactly is a Dale? Is that like a... I don't know. That's why like I a, was a, like... a must, prairie of some sort. I just picture lots of flowers. Wildflowers. Must just be a man. Yeah. Welcome to the Dale. Must just be a man. Houghton County. 
Douglas Houghton, for whom the UP's Houghton County is named, was a botanist, geologist, and physician whose research of natural resources in the Michigan Territory were crucial during Michigan's early years of statehood. He went on to be named Michigan's first state geologist and the first professor of chemistry, mineralogy, and geology at the University of Michigan. He died during a research research expedition to the Keweenaw Peninsula when a Lake Superior storm capsized his boat. Is that the most Michigan thing you've ever heard That's of? That's so crazy, too. And they're like, well, I guess uh, we'll just name the tract of land we buried him in, uh, Houghton County. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, that's nuts. Imagine dying en route to a destination, and then they're like, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, let's just name this place after that person." We really wanted them to come visit, and look, we already got the banners up, like "Welcome Houghton." Yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's just say this is Houghton County now. That's crazy. And we'll build another school that's almost as good as you. Well, I shouldn't even say almost as good. That's just stupid. I'm not trying to compare schools. Just saying, you know, Michigan has that reputation, but Michigan Tech is a phenomenal school that's completely underrated. Yeah. All right. Huron County. Huron County occupies the tip of Michigan's thumb, where it is bordered on its long edge by Lake Huron and Saginaw Bay. While Huron does have a connection to Native Americans, it is not a Native American word. It was used by French explorers to refer to the Iroquoian, speaking people who once occupied this region. I don't know why I struggled with that, but as soon as I saw the mm-hmm. word, I was like, how do I pronounce this again? Iroquois. Yeah. Well, Iroquoian is kind of weird to yeah. say. So that's that's it. Those are all of our H's. We're, we're done there. So we're going to move on to the letter I next week. Huron, Huron is a French word? Next episode. Yeah. In, <laughs> Huron, my foot, move. Yeah, that's exactly. Ow! Yeah. So by now... I imagine like everyone on the planet, not just in Michigan, but everyone on the planet has heard about the mastodon bones that were found in Western Michigan recently. So I figured we would talk about paleontology in Michigan. Yeah, I like it. So all of the information today comes from MLive, Wikipedia, Britannica.com, AMNH.org, and Stacker.com. And also, do you remember Britannica encyclopedias? Mm -hmm. Those were like, I loved those things so much. It's so funny you mentioned encyclopedias. I was just thinking about the new book of knowledge. Do you remember that? Did you have that as a kid? It's like the 20-something volume set. We may have at my grandma's. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, we had those, and I love those. That was what we had before the internet. Like, you needed to know anything. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't in that book, it didn't exist. I wonder if my grandma still has any of those books. I'm going to have to look. My parents have them packed away somewhere. They had them on display, like, up until, like, maybe 10 years ago. Like, still just in the living room. Yeah. This just work. Like, my dad would still use them. Yeah. I I remember seeing him, you know, me as an adult, being over there visiting and seeing him reach for an encyclopedia when it's like, Dad, just get a smartphone. No, I... You get the most up-to-date answer. I can smell those books right now. Yeah. Like, I... Oh. I just think about that section on Greek mythology that I just, like, once we got the G book or whatever, you know, maybe it was the R book, but I think it was the G book where the the Greek mythology was, Mm -hmm. and wow, that was just the best, just sitting there reading that over and over again, and I think that's probably where I got my love of mythology and folklore from. I just... The new book of knowledge. I remember being very young... Because I was a very young reader. If you didn't know, I was reading by the age of three. She's reading this right now, actually. And by the time I was in 
The third grade, I was reading at a college level. Oh, yeah. I was a, a good advanced reader as well. I love That's books. why we get along. Yeah. That's the only reason. Mm-hmm. So the, I don't even read anymore. It's so funny. I know. And that's why we no longer get along. Right. So the... <laughs> This is the downfall of our relationship right now. It's we're we're never podcast we're together. Getting <laughs> if you love someone, don't podcast together. <laughs> All right, so the, psych. Anyway, carry on. The M Live article that everybody's been sharing on Facebook and all over the interwebs uh, reads: Kent County, Michigan. Dateline. We're not to the we're not to the K's yet, so we don't know why it's called it Kent County. Clark Kent. But anyways, yes, that makes sense. Kent County, Michigan. Several people are working to unearth mastodon bones in a West Michigan field after they were discovered during a road construction project. Staff with the University of Michigan's Museum of Paleontology are at the site overseeing the recovery. A construction crew was working to install a large culvert along 22-mile road north of Kent City about 1.45 p.m. Thursday, August 11th, when an excavator operator noticed something red in the ground. The operator asked other workers to check out what was in the ground. It was a humongous bone, Kent County Drain Commissioner Ken Yonker said. He said some of the workers initially thought they could be dinosaur bones, but the University of Michigan researchers determined they were mastodon bones. Yonker says it's possible a full or nearly full mastodon skeleton will be recovered from the ground. Researchers told Yonker the animal was likely between 12 and 20 years old when it died. He described the discovery as exciting. You go out there to put a pipe on the ground and you find this, to find a mastodon. That just blew us away, he said. Teenage mastodon. That was really, that was just really cool, Yonker said. The culvert replacement project is on hold pending the archaeological dig and bone recovery. The bones are expected to be donated to the Grand Rapids Public Museum. Very cool. Yeah. I hope they set them up in, you know, a big display. Like, put them back together. Oh, I'm sure they will if they have all of them. Yeah, if they have them all. Even if they don't have them all. If they have enough of them. Yeah, like, you know, a three-legged mastodon. Maybe it was a three-legged mastodon. We don't know. Could have been. All right, so what is paleontology? According to Britannica.com, paleontology is the scientific study of life of the geologic past that involves the analysis of plant and animal fossils, including those of microscopic size preserved in rocks. Paleontological research dates back to the early 1800s. So I'm not going to go into each area like Paleozoic and all Mm -hmm. of that stuff just because there's like way too much information. So if you're interested in learning more about those or sharing that information with your kiddos, I would you check got out Google. Google. Yeah. Or I don't know if you've heard. Bing? No. There's these buildings in like almost every city mm-hmm. and they're called libraries. Yeah. And they have books in there. Not only books, but also CDs you can rent and rip. Yeah, I guess. But more importantly, books where you can find information about different eras and all kinds of fun stuff so i would i would do that take your kid to the library that's like a really fun experience so anyways yeah back to the mastodons okay so what were they so it was originally believed that they were similar to a mammoth but there's actually a few differences that would have made it pretty easy to distinguish one from the other they were both large and hairy with trunks but the mastodons had flat heads while the mammoth kind of had like this big knob on theirs yeah it was like this big weird lump or the mammoth had the bump 
Yes. The Mastodon was bigger though, right? Uh, I don't believe so. Hmm. No, I, I think know, the Mastodon was slightly smaller than a mammoth. Michigan had both but, Mastodons and mammoths. But it also depends because there's so many different types of mammoths right. as well. So anyways. Or were anyway. Yeah. Both had tusks, but mammoth tusks curved upward and sometimes crossed like over in front of them mm-hmm. because of the, the size of them and the, the curvage. But mastodon tusks grew a little bit, I don't want to say straighter, but they weren't as they curve inward. curved. Another big difference between the two were the teeth. Mastodon molars were more cone-shaped, which could be used to crush twigs and other vegetation. And then mammoth teeth were more rigid, kind of like today's elephants. And those were really good for grazing and grinding grass. Okay. So some... Yeah, differences. So despite looking similar to one another, mammoths, mastodons, and modern elephants are actually not closely related. Okay. So according to the American Museum of Natural History, modern elephants and mammoths actually went their separate ways about 5 million years ago, while mastodons took off about 25 million years ago. Okay, so even further back than mastodon. Way far back. Distant cousin mastodon. Like I said... I didn't realize this or not. Like, I think maybe I knew it, but it's one of those things where it's like, did I know this or did I not know this? I don't remember. Mm -hmm. So there's, like I said, multiple kinds of mammoths. Wikipedia says, quote, a mammoth is any species of the extinct elephanted genus Mathumus. That sounds right. One of the many genera that make up the order of trunked trunked mammals called proboscideans. Proboscidean? Yeah. That means big nosed. All right. So what sort of fossils have been found in Michigan? Bones, I would guess. Yeah. But sadly, not too many dinosaurs. No, no dinosaur bones. Super bummer. Yeah, because what the the, uh, the geography wasn't that there weren't dinosaurs in the landmass that became Michigan. But the geography of the time wasn't conducive to saving the bones, I believe. Yeah, so eroding sediment actually kept dinosaur bones from fossilizing. Okay. Um, so there's there's been, like, since this all started, mm-hmm. since the beginning of time, there's only been, like, seven or eight found in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty rare. The University of Michigan Museum of Paleontology actually has some on site for students to study. Okay. Not sure if that means that people can go and see them or if they're just like under lock and key, but University of Michigan has some. So there have been some pretty rad fossils found in our state, though. Because I can't sum it all up myself, um, I'm going to just read this brief thing directly from Wikipedia. And as our regular listeners know, I will probably mispronounce a lot of these words. I'm oh, not that's part of your some, charm, I'm not baby. some sort of crazy science man, woman, <laughs> person. So I'll give it my best. Okay. All right. So this is history of paleontology in the state of Michigan. Among Michigan's early significant fossil finds was the 1839 discovery of the state's first scientifically documented American mastodon remains. Later in the 19th century was the 1877 discuss- discovery of five Pleistocene Picaris and an Ionia County peat bog located near the town of Belding. The find was credited to L.N. Tuttle, 
and the specimens are now cataloged as UMMP7325. Near the beginning of the 20th century in 1903, Tuttle's peccaries were finally described for the scientific literature by Wagner. In 1914, Ezra Smith made another interesting Pleistocene age discovery, finding the fossil penis bone of a late Pleistocene walrus seven miles northwest of Gaylord. I'm sorry. What? Don't. The specimen was referred to the genus Odobenus and is now cataloged as UMMAA490. The genus Odobenus. I'm going to need you to stop. It would not be reported to the scientific literature until a 1925 paper by Hinsdale, however. Can I talk now? Um, so I'm just gonna. I just want to say. So we got this penis in the genus Odobetus. Is that what you said? Why are you like that? I just want to make sure because this is gonna be on the test later. You know exactly what I said. <sighs> Do you remember when I had Venus flytraps and I I named them Penis, Venus, and Venus? Yeah, I do. Are we going blue on this episode? All let's, right. Uh, let's, Anyways, let's class it up. Major events from the second decade of the 20th century in Michigan paleontology include a 1923 paper by O.P. Hay, who reported the presence of two identifiable species and one indeterminate form of mammoth whose fossils had been found in Michigan. Interesting whale fossils were also discovered and described from Michigan around this time. That just blows me away to think that there's just there was at one point whales somewhere oh, yeah. gigantic just, whales too. Just crazy to me. Like the size of like sperm whales, like real just, like ocean faring whales. But this was also Michigan was covered over by I know, water at the but time. But it's it's just We were the ocean floor at the time. It's bananas to think like that. In nineteen twenty seven, excavations for a new schoolhouse in Ascoda turned up a late Pleistocene fossil rib that may have belonged to a bowhead whale of the genus Belliana. Belena? Anyway, the specimen is now cataloged as UMMP11008. And that was in Ascoda? Yes. How do they know it's not Babe the Blue Ox's rib? 1930 saw Hussey publish the first scientific paper on the Michiganian whale fossils curated by the University, University of Michigan Museum of Paleontology. Also, why have we not been there? Like, this place sounds incredible. There's a lot of stuff we could investigate at U of M. Yeah. The fourth decade of the 20th century was kicked off by the 1940 announcement by McAlpin that a total of 117 American mastodon specimens had been discovered in Michigan. Later in the decade, a third lower premolar from a Pleistocene elk was discovered in Berrien County in October of 1949. The 1950s saw paleontologists paleontological attention returned to Michigan's whale fossils. In 1953, Handley tentatively referred the rib discovered in Ascoda during the 1927 schoolhouse excavation to the genus Belena. He also reported the discovery of an Arconan-aged Rorqual rib of the genus Balian. Toptera. I yeah, that's cr- absolutely correct. 100% correct. Yes. The fossil had been discovered upright in the sand during the excavation of a cellar in Genesee County. Handley also reported the discovery of another wal- walrus fossil, a skull cataloged as UMMP 32453, found in a Mackinac Island gravel deposit. Mackinac Island walruses. Handley also wow. reported the discovery of sperm whale ribs and a vertebrae from Lenaway County. In August, Lenaway County sperm whales. Like there's, 
They're just, just a sperm whale in Adrian. We've hit like every corner yeah. of Michigan at this point. It's this crazy to think nuts. about that. In August of 1961, Larry Kickles collected the third right upper molar of a Jefferson mammoth from a gravel layer 100 feet below the surpa- surface of Berrien County near the town near the town of Watervillette. Watervillette. Whatever. The next year, ma- the next year, several major events occurred relating to the Pleistocene pro. Probiscidian, probiscidian, probiscidian fossils. <laughs> it's been a long day. On September 18th, Larry Kramer discovered a lower mastodon molar, now cataloged as GRM GRPM 12540 in Paris Township along Buck Creek. Thank you, Larry. Also in 1962, Skills reported that since McAlpin's 1940 review of Michigan Mastodon discoveries, 49 new finds had been made. He also performed the first census of local mammoth remains, noting that 32 Jefferson mammoths had been discovered in Michigan. Hatt also formally described a partial Mastodon skull, now cataloged as CIPS 827, which had been discovered in Pontiac. 1962 was also the year a Jefferson Mammoth was discovered in Gratiot County. In 1963, Oltz and Cap reported the 1962 Gratiot County Mammoth discovery to the scientific literature. Also, Hatt reported the discovery of a mammoth molar in Oakland County to the scientific literature. The next year, in May 1964, Fred Burnt discovered lower jaw fragments and the second right molar of a lower mastodon jaw in Lincoln Township. Those remains are now cataloged as UMMP 49425. So, that's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. I'm just... Like a I lot said, of mammoths. Yeah. None of these Jefferson mammoths. Yeah. That must be what they named Jefferson Avenue after. It'd be very interesting to find out once we get to the J's if... I mean, I'm sure it's not, but it's probably named after Thomas Jefferson or something. But Jefferson Avenue? Yeah. Uh, probably somebody totally unrelated. In, Possibly. That was born in Detroit. Yeah. So, so that's a bit like a real brief uh, summary of yeah, Mammoths brief history and whales of and, oh just my. all kinds of fossil bones, big old so, fangs. So it's weird to me. Like again, this is one of those things that my brain can't fully comprehend. So at one point we were so covered in water that giant whales were swimming above where we're sitting now. Yeah. And then all of those things died and turned into fossils. And then the water just kind of drained away. And And then these giant hairy elephants walked all over on top of that. Yeah. And then they died. And then, you know, now here we are. And we're going to live forever. It's just, I hope not. I'm just, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so bananas. That's the way things go. I wonder like how long, like what, how, how many years mammoths stalked Michigan? I don't know. Like millions of years? Thousands of years? Who knows? I don't know. It's, it's. We don't have those answers today. I can't, I can't comprehend any of it. I just, and to think that like on one hand, you think about how, how deep you'd have to dig to find fossils of creatures that were here 25 million years ago, right? Yeah. Because, like, but then at the same time, you you don't have to dig that deep. I mean, clearly, they were just putting, 
you know, a big pipe in the in the yeah. ground well, and maybe found dig like six, twelve feet. But like still, that. I mean, yeah. you think that twenty five million years ago would be a lot deeper than twelve feet in the ground, but yeah. but it's not. It's not. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like I just. I mean, if you think about it, it's all still the same dirt, just blown around by the wind and yeah. you know, moved around in different areas. Yeah, so. but still, it just. My brain doesn't understand. Well, my brain doesn't understand how everything, it just ends up under the dirt in layers. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just yeah. kind of seems weird to think that like, you know, one day our house will be deep in the uh, the fossil yeah. layer somewhere. Yeah. You know, like 12 how? feet, 12 feet under, under, under the dirt and someone's going to be digging around and they're going to be like, is this a microphone? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Here's two podcasters lived here 12 million years That's, ago. Yeah. Wow podcasters so then obviously there's the most famous fossil in the state go on the petoskey stone yeah my favorite fossil i actually discovered one once i never have charlevoix that's what i hear so fun facts about the petoskey stone yes petoskey stones are made of six-sided coralites and coralites are skeletons of once living organisms did you know that? Yep. Huh. All right. Yeah, actually, yeah, it's coral. I did not. It's basically, fossilized coral is what uh, Petoskey stones are. The Petoskey stone was named after, do you know who? Petoskey City. No. Hemingway. It was named after Hemingway. No. Chief Petoskey. Chief, close. Chief Ignatius Petoskey. Okay. So... P-E-T-O-S-G-A-Y. Yes, we changed the spelling for ease for when we named the city and the stone. Yeah, but G and K are completely different letters. Okay. So do you think that it was pronounced the same? Yeah, it's it's the um you know, it's basically how every like Native American word in Michigan has like five different spellings. All right. Because it was all you know, it wasn't a written language, it was a spoken language. So depending on who they were speaking to kind of depends on how it was dictated like with the g in there that was probably a french frenchman who you know wrote it down that way because hmm. that the g sound versus the k sound which is probably european you know right uh, i'll accept that someone of like a british person or something that changed i'll accept that answer okay the padaski stone became our state stone in do you know when 2012 1965. I You're knew way that. Off. Um, here's a fun, interesting little little ditty. What's that? A man once found a 93-pound Petoskey stone in Lake Michigan near Northport. Mm-hmm. Side note, Michigan law mm-hmm. says that it's illegal to remove more than 25 pounds of rock per year from state land. Yeah, I remember hearing about this guy. Like it's it's it was illegal to remove the ninety pound rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I wonder if he faced fines because he could have. I mean, if you find a ninety pound Petoskey stone, don't say anything. I mean, yeah, but you kind of want to brag about it. But also, how are you gonna how are you gonna polish that up? Because a Petoskey know. stone doesn't really it's not as as beautiful. You know, when you find them in the wild, they're actually kind of hard to see. Like you have to run them underwater to make yeah. sure that they have that pattern. Um, yeah, because uh, you don't really see that pattern until you polish them. You you wouldn't have a rock tumbler big enough. You'd have to put it in like a cement mixer. You know what my date? Yeah, you would. <laughs> my ultimate dream would be to build a. Um, I've always wanted to build like a, a freshwater aquarium, mm-hmm. 
and just have like stones and stuff from Michigan. Like just just have a ton of like Petoskey stones in there. And, yeah. Like, Lake Superior agate in there and throw a few uperlites in there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be be beautiful. In 1999, a man found a 1,000-pound Petoskey stone at Sleeping Bear Dunes, which is now on display at the park. Wow, yeah. I'm sure he just had to tell somebody. Well, you can't get that. There was no way he was going to just pick it up and stick it in his pocket. Trying to drive down the the dunes to get to it. Right, right. Nobody would notice. He's got it on the back of his ATV. Him just trying to, yeah, like or on the back of a pickup truck, trying to drive (laughs) up the dunes. That's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) So. Like I said, I've never found a Petoskey stone. Like I've seen them in stores usually yeah. turned into jewelry and stuff like that. But apparently you can find them a lot. You can find them mostly in Charlevoix, which you mentioned. Yeah. That's and weird. Then, I didn't know that Charlevoix was one of the hot spots. Charlevoix and Traverse City are pretty, okay. pretty um, those are hot spots for a Petoskey stone. And then, of course... Petoskey beaches. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the same general northern yeah. Michigan area. Yeah. So if you're looking to find a Petoskey stone, you can go out there and dig around. Um, but 25 pounds is the limit per year. Yeah. So And that goes for all stones. That goes for any stones. rocks in Michigan. Right. Rocks. Sorry. Any rocks and minerals from state land. Okay. So, yeah. You couldn't just walk out into the one of the Great Lakes and. Yeah. You know, you find a thousand pound Petoskey stone on your own private land. It's yours. If you, yeah, if it's on your private land or your neighbors, and they'll let you have it. But mm. state land is a big no-no. So the northwest uh, tip of the mitten mm-hmm. kind of is where you want to look for Petoskey stones. And if you're looking for Lake Superior agate, Probably we found Lake this Superior. out. Yeah, but you want to go, uh, you you want to go west of Marquette. Oh, to find it. All right. Like east of Marquette, you're not going to really find any. Is Lake Superior Agate a fossil? No, it's an agate. All right. Well, that's a different show. Yeah. What about Fordite? Can we talk about Fordite? I don't know what that is. That's an agate that's just made out of old Ford paint. Oh, yeah. One of those? Yeah, Yeah. those are cool. This is kind of turning into the rock show. It is. All right. We got a caller on the line. Caller. (laughs) You want to tell us about your favorite Michigan rock? (laughs) Granite. Oh, cool. Oh, you like limestone. Yeah, there's lime pits up in the UP. This is my life, listeners. This is uh, this is every day. A big fan of limestone. You should check out Detour. <laughs> <laughs> you should check out Hassel. You know what? Detour Village. Listen. That's just go. lime. That's not limestone. I can't deal with you anymore. Okay. All right. That's cool. I got to cook dinner yep. anyway. Good. Good, good. So... That's paleontology in Michigan. All right. Sounds fantastic. (laughs) As always, thank you for listening. Sometimes I don't know why you do, but I'm grateful. I am too. I appreciate you guys letting us into your ears every week. Also, I would love to just say thank you for all of the places that were mentioned in last episode's favorite places, favorite things. Mm Mm-hmm. Like Hoffman's and Howe's and different places that shout yeah. us out on Facebook. Oh, that was... Loved that. Oh, yeah. It feels I really nice. I was geeked. I was so excited. I'm... Yeah. Big John's didn't say anything, though. Well... Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Anyways. Oh, speaking of food, I don't know if anybody knew this or not, and it's really has nothing to do with anything, but... 
uh, there's a bar, a Miller's Bar in Dearborn, which is across the street from where I work at. And Jimmy Fallon was in there for lunch, like a couple, like last week, was it? Yeah, it was like last like week. Two Isn't weeks that ago, what you maybe. Told me? Yeah. And I mean, Miller's Bar, famous for the Miller Burger, one of the best burgers yeah, in Michigan. I've not eaten there yet, but I've heard it's fantastic. So I'm going to have to go in there. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon was there because he went to Ford to go uh, test drive the brand new uh, electric F 150, which, yeah. wow, that looks amazing. Listen. Ford has some really cool stuff happening. And I'm not saying that just because I work there. And the Lions, too, have some cool stuff happening. It's the year of Ford right now. Yeah, yeah. Really excited about what, you know, like all the crazy stuff that's coming out of Ford. And we went to Ford Field and saw The weekend. We did. Who is another Great Lakes native from Toronto. Yeah, yeah. We're just totally Great Lakes and Ford-centric right now. This is... This is good. This anyway, is good. tied it all together. Yep. Let's let's wrap yep. it up and let's get dinner yeah, started. I'm starting to get hungry. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. Thank you for interacting on social media. Like, it really... I don't think you fully understand how big of a kick I get out of it. Like it's, We it's, really appreciate it. It's, it's just so It's nice to know to we can, we're building a little community of like-minded people yes. who enjoy hearing all the little weird details about our state. You guys are the Petoskey to my stones i don't know if i should have said that. <laughs> we gotta go okay bye-bye bye